0: would like you to turn in your bibles uh, please to 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 and we're going to concentrate this morning on verse 13 but before we do that I'd like to take you back <clears throat> more than 50 years to the island of Panay in the central part of the Philippines where I was holding, in 1955, our first evangelistic campaign. We put our tent up in a town where the gospel had not been preached before, and began two months of nightly meetings. We preached for 13 or 14 nights before we gave our first invitation. For while the people in the Philippines were well acquainted with many of the facts about Christ's life, most of them being faithful Roman Catholics, we wanted to be sure that before we issued an invitation, they were very clear about salvation and how they could be saved. When the invitation was given, I was just a very young, uh, green missionary and I wondered what the response would be. And we really were thrilled when 13 men and women stepped out of that group of maybe 350 people and walked to the front. That took some courage. And I talked to one of the men who was the barber in that town, a man by the name of Mr. Sampiano. And he told me a fantastic story. He was then 55 years old. He said 50 years ago in 1905, I was just a small boy. And he said two strangers came into our town and they were selling a big black book and the religious leaders here encouraged the people to get rid of them and he said those men were killed and i went to my mother and i said why were those men killed those visitors and she said that our religious leader told the people they were selling spiritual poison and they must get rid of them. He said that was 50 years ago. And I've often wondered what was in that big black book. And the first night that you began these meetings, I walked by and saw that you were speaking out of a big black book and I wanted to come in and hear what was inside of it. And it wasn't poison. It was a wonderful message to my heart. And so tonight, when you gave that invitation, I wanted to accept Christ as my savior and he did and for the rest of his life he was a faithful man in that little church that was established there basically all because of a book a divine book god's book the word of god And this morning I want you to look at this verse in First Thessalonians chapter two and verse thirteen. For it is all about the book. And there are three things that are very important that God mentions about the book here in verse thirteen. The first one is this, the people in the city of Thessalonica, which was a great center, a metropolis, the capital of the province of Macedonia, the people in this city, when they heard the word of God, they recognize the word as indeed it is, the word of God not the word of men. It says here in verse 13, <clears throat> and we also continue to thank God because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God they recognized that this book was divine. It was the word of God, not the word of men. And I'm thankful that Mr. Sampiano and others in that campaign many years ago recognized when the word was preached, it was not the word of men, but it was indeed the word of God. And we read in the Word of God some wonderful things about it. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never, never pass away. We do not need messages from men. We need message a message from God. And we can thank the Lord, folks here at Shawnee, that we have been given the privilege to hear not the word of men, but indeed as it is, the very, very word of God, the divine word that comes from God. That's exactly what Paul says here. The origin of this word is God. He breathed it and has given it to you and to me. And so the first thing we notice here in verse 13 is the people in Thessalonica, when Paul and his companions preached this book, this word, They recognized it as a book from God. They recognized its divine origin. I remember when Nancy and I were living in Manila, we were visited one day by two Mormon young men. By the way, the Mormons put us to shame the way they propagate their false doctrine. But they wanted to come in, and I said, on on one condition. You can come into my home on one condition. We will use one book only, and that's the Word of God. If you're willing to come in and talk to me from the Word of God alone, you're welcome. If you want to use any other book then you can't come in." And they were willing, and we had a long discussion from the Word of God. There are many other books that have been written by men and women, messages from men. But there's only one message from God. It's the Word of God, the Bible. And you know, the conviction that the message comes from God is fundamental to effective preaching. We were in a church recently where I spoke at a memorial. And it was obvious from some of the things the pastor said to me that this book was not to him what it was to me. There were other things that were important to him in his teaching other than the Word of God. But we must recognize and thank the Lord that he has given us the book authored by God himself, the divine book from heaven, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. So, the first thing that Paul was thankful for, and he says in verse 13, we thank God continually. He was always expressing thanks to God for this, that when he came with his companions for the first time, into this great city of Thessalonica and preached the word of God for the first time in that city, the people there recognized it as indeed it is to be the word of God. And I'm thankful that God has worked in your hearts and my hearts so that we have come to recognize that this book is divine. When Sir Walter Scott was dying, it is said that he turned to his son and said, bring me the book. And the son said, what book? And Sir Walter Scott said, there is only one book. Bring me the Bible. That's what I need. And that's what people need today, the Bible. And let's pray that many more in our community and around the world will recognize that this book is indeed what it truly is, the Word of God. There's a second reason why Paul continually gave thanks for these people in Thessalonica. Not only that they recognize the book or the word that he was preaching as the Word of God, but that they received the Word of God. It's one thing to recognize, yes, that is God's word. It's quite another thing to receive it and to make it your own. I remember when my first wife and I were living in Bacolod City, there was a, a very humble layman that used to come to our home fairly often. And the reason he came to our home, he wanted to buy Bibles. Well, he he was purchasing so many Bibles that I became inquisitive. And I asked him one day, why are you buying so many Bibles? Oh, he said, because... There are new believers south of the city, back in the farms. And for the last two years, I've been going there on weekends telling them about Jesus. And many of them have accepted Christ, and they want Bibles. He said, would you come and preach for us three or four nights? Oh, I said, I'd love to. So a few weeks later, we went out, and I had three nights of meetings out in the farm, in the rice fields. And as we walked in, I saw this little chapel that had been built. And I asked my friend who built the chapel. He said, the new believers. They wanted a house of God. They wanted a place to meet regularly. And you know, those were three thrilling nights for me a young missionary preaching the word of God to men and women and young people who had received it into their hearts when a humble layman with little education faithfully took the word and taught them from the word of God. You see, that's what the Word of God can do. These men and women there recognized the Word of God. And you know, there are two words in verse 13 talking about receiving the Word. Look at verse 13. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accept it or received it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God. The second word to receive, there are different words in the Greek language, but the second word means to welcome it like you would a guest in your home. And they received the word of God in Thessalonica. They welcomed it. They were thrilled to hear it, and they wanted it. And Paul thanked the Lord that they recognized it to be the word of God, and they received it as the word of God. But he's also thankful for a third thing in verse 13. Not only that they recognized this book as the Word of God, not only that they received it into their hearts as the Word of God, but they responded to the Word of God. Look at verse 13. And we also thank God continually. Why? Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God. You recognized it as God's word, which is at work in you who believe. Now the word of God, was at work in the hearts and lives of these men and women who had received it there in Thessalonica. And they responded to the word. The word here, works in your heart, really refers to the work of God. And it's a word from which we get the word energy. In other words, the Word of God was working, was energizing the hearts of these people as they heard it, and they responded to the Word of God. And Paul was grateful and thankful for that. Just look at a few verses in chapter one, which indicated, which indicate how they responded to the Word. Chapter 1 and verse 3, we, can, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message, there they are receiving it, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Verse seven, so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Now they had a testimony throughout that whole area because the word of God was working and energizing them. Then look at verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. And that word rang out refers to thunder or to a trumpet call. Their testimony Throughout that whole region was like a thunderclap, like a cornet or a trumpet sounding forth the message that now they belong to the Lord because the Word of God was energizing them and working in and through their lives. Look at verse 9 in chapter 1. <clears throat> For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Do you see the testimony that these people had? not only in Thessalonica, but throughout the province of Macedonia and the adjoining provinces. Their testimony was spread throughout that whole area because the word of God was working in their hearts. They had responded to the word of God that Paul preached. Some years ago, Nancy and I were in Papua New Guinea, Papua New Guinea is a different kind of a place. You'd have to be there to understand what I mean. It's called the, 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 the place that time forgot. And you get off the main road, and in a few minutes, you're back a couple of thousand years. They still live pretty much the way they used to. And I remember one of our missionaries one day saying, Rush, Tomorrow night, I have a, a weekly Bible class up in the top of that hill. Would you like to go with me? I said, yeah. So we went, and they live in small, round huts. thatched huts. And they have a fire in the middle to keep warm, and the smoke is all over the place. It's filthy. It smells. And the smoke is rather suffocating. And it was jammed because the owner of that hut, a man by the name of Siwi, had come to know the Lord as his Savior. He had been a murderer early in his life, but he had heard the word of God, and he had recognized it as the word of God, and he received it as the word of God. And he responded to it as the word of God, and God changed his life completely. And his earnest desire was to have his village people hear the word of God and come to know the Lord. And I'll never forget that night. (laughs) smoky smelly, but a great time as we shared the word of God with those people. In contrast to Siwi, who was a primitive pagan, who had come to know the Lord. I remember very well the three months we spent in Italy, as I was interim pastor at an international church. And one of the men who came there, because it was the city where Fiat The italian motor company had their headquarters and this man was an executive with general motors and he came with his wife and two children each sunday and he listened intently he had a bible and we met in a hotel and i remember six months after we came home he sent a two-page uh, email to me. That's a long email. And he called me, Pastor. He said, Dear Pastor, I need your help. I don't know whether God wants me to leave business and go into Christian service or not. And I want to know God's will, and I just would like you to help me. So we entered a correspondence. To make a long story short, He believed that God wanted him to stay. He had a very high position with GM. And he came back to this country as the assistant to the president of General Motors. And he had shared with me, he said, you know, in Italy, for the first time, really, I came to realize that that book you were preaching from was a holy, divine book, and it had a message that I needed. And we've kept in touch with that couple through the years, and he's faithfully served the Lord in different places, in Germany, in South Korea, in Detroit. Now he's up in Northern Illinois. And I think of those two men Siwi, a pagan who was a murderer, and Tom, a high executive with GM, both of them recognize this book as the word of God. Both of them receive this book as the word of God. And both of them allowed the Holy Spirit to use this book to work in and through their lives to change their lives and to make them new creatures in Christ. No wonder Paul was thanking God continually for these Thessalonians who had never heard the word before. But when they heard it, They recognized it as indeed it is the Word of God. They received it into their hearts and lives as the Word of God. They allowed it to work by the Spirit to change and transform them into what God wanted them to be. Nancy's first husband Harry is buried at our hospital in Bangladesh. And I'm glad to have his son, Harold and Harold's wife, Sean, our kids with us this morning from Bangladesh. But I remember very well, Harry was a friend of mine whom I admired. He was an exceptional young man. And I remember the first time I visited Bangladesh in 1966, I wanted to see his grave. So we went over with one of my missionary friends, and the, the tribal evangelist who had hiked all over the hills with Harry was with us. And the three of us were standing there, and this tribal evangelist said quite loudly in the Bengali language, I love that man. And then a moment later, he said it louder, the same thing. Because he said he hiked all over the hills with me and preached the word of God with me to my people. And I remember Harold writing to me years later, when he visited one of the places where his dad was, and they were having a conference of churches, and I don't want to misstate it, Harold, but I think he mentioned to me there are about 40 churches represented with a thousand people. Open that place. Where prior to the time that Harry and Anshari preached the word of God, there were probably none. You see, this is the word of God. This is a divine book. This book is able to convict the hearts of men and women in any language, in any culture, anywhere in our world. And so Paul, as he thinks about his time in Thessalonica, he writes this little epistle, and he says in verse 13, I thank God continually, Because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but as it actually is the Word of God. You recognized it's God's Word. And you received it. You welcomed it. You listened to it. You responded to it. It changed your lives. And you became witnesses throughout that whole area in Asia Minor. And Paul said, that's the reason I'm always thanking God for his word. Do you thank God for his word? I mean, do you ever specifically thank God for the Bible? that one day it came into your life, one day someone shared it with you, one day you heard it on the radio or TV or in a church, and you recognized it as the word of God, and you responded to it as the word of God, And because it is the divine word of God, it worked in and through your heart and life and changed you and made you a new creature in Christ. Have you ever really paused to thank God for his word? And then have you asked yourselves, how many? And I asked myself, who live near us, who are related to us, who need the word of God. Are we faithful in trying to share it with them? Paul was so very thankful for his time in Thessalonica. And I close with this illustration Nancy and I were hijacked to Communist China in 1971, I think it was, when Chairman Mao was still there and it was a not a good place for Americans. And we were hijacked by five radical Filipino students. And I remember the Chinese decided to release us after we were there a day and one of the young men who had a gun in my chest for four four different times as we flew came up to me there in the airport, the White Cloud Airport in Canton, China, and he said, I'm sorry for what we did to you yesterday. And I said, why did you foolishly threaten the lives of 55 people? And he said, because we wanted to change the government of the Philippines and to make it communist. And I happened to have a little red New Testament in my shirt pocket. And I pulled it out. And I had picked up on the table this piece of propaganda, Chairman Mao's Sayings. And I said to him, Glenn, this is your book, Chairman Mao's Sayings. I read the whole thing yesterday, and it's all at the point of a gun. I said, this is my little red book. It's the sayings of Jesus, God's word. And it's not at the end of a gun. It's all about how much God loves us and gave his son for us. He said to me, are you a missionary? <laughs> that was a dirty word there in China, but I said, yes. And he said, they, you know, they hate you here. I said, I'm aware of that. We had to leave. They took us back. We left him there. You know, it's an amazing thing. But years later, we had dear friends in the Philippines who had known this young man. And somehow he got back to the Philippines. And these friends of ours were believers, and they said, You will be thankful to know that Glenn Rosaro accepted Christ as his savior and he was killed two years ago in an auto accident in Manila and I think back of that day in China when I said this is your book and this is my book the Bible and somewhere along the line he must have heard about it again Because I know these friends well enough, and they knew him well enough to know that indeed he had accepted Christ as his Savior. Aren't you thankful for this book? You're not, huh? Aren't you thankful for this book? Some of you are, Paul was because he thought about his time in Thessalonica and he said, I continue to thank God every time I remember my days in Thessalonica and you folks there because you recognized the Bible as what it is indeed the divine book from God. And you responded to it. You received it. And it made a difference in your life. And I trust if you're here this morning and you've never come to know the Lord, that you will realize that this is the book of life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, Jesus said, will never, never pass away. And true faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for these little children, boys and girls. And I pray that you might speak to their hearts today as they realize that this is milk that they need to grow. And this is the sword of the spirit that they can wield As they serve you, this is the hammer that breaks hard hearts in two. And Lord, I pray that all of us here this morning may recognize this book as a divine book from you. And may we allow your spirit to use it in our hearts and lives to either draw us to thyself or to strengthen us in our faith in thee. We just pray your blessing upon it today.